0: Well, it's, uh, it's a joy to be able to send people out. Um, mission trip in Greece sounds like fun, right? Uh, and I'm sure it will be, but it's, uh, it's never what you think. Having been on lots of mission trips like that, um, there's just more than you imagine as a part of that. So please pray for the stewards, pray for that team. They leave for Greece tomorrow from Chicago O'Hare at nine o'clock. That might possibly be the most dangerous part of the trip. It's just getting in and out of O'Hare. So <laughs> you're from Chicago, no offense. Uh, Just uh, one other note. Um, If you look around, you see art. I mean, there's beautiful art and then there's really beautiful art around. We have just finished as a church community a thousand hours of prayer. And so that's happened back in that prayer room for the last thousand hours since the beginning of Lent. And so the worship and the praise, the prayer requests and the blessing have just sort of bursted out of the room. And I really wanted us to keep it up this morning because this is our community at prayer. I mean, this is us. And so uh, it's fun to be surrounded by the prayers and the praises of the saints. If you were one of those uh, people who was in the prayer room and you drew something, any of this art is yours, you're welcome to take it. Please don't take what's not yours because there's some beautiful stuff. And some people really, you know, God spoke to us in the prayer room. And if you just walk around after the service and see some of the things that the Holy Spirit inspired people to pray or praise or declare, it's awesome. So um, we'll have a little bit more of a celebration with Lynn and Ron next week, uh, next Sunday. But uh, thanks to all of those who are part of the prayer room. Just because the prayer room has stopped doesn't mean you're not allowed to pray. Okay. Yeah, it's like a joke. You can still pray. Okay. Tough crowd. All right. <clears throat> Um, yeah, let's pray. God, thank you that you are with us. Jesus, Emmanuel, you came, you lived as one of us, you walked like us and yet without sin. You willingly went to the cross. And Father, by the Holy Spirit, you raised Jesus again from the dead. And so we can celebrate. So I ask for a spirit this morning of celebration. You would send the same spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead and infuse our hearts with longing for truth, with the knowledge, the intimacy with Jesus that we might live fully alive just as Jesus was coming out of that grave, embracing the life of God. We pray in his name and for his sake. Amen. The God who formed us, the same God that gave us life, that infused us with life, is the one who was raised from the dead on Easter. Jesus was brought back from the dead. I was thinking about the message this morning, and I was thinking, you know, I need the wow factor, right? So I wore the tie and everything, which I do at least two times a year. Um, and I thought, no, there, there is a wow factor, but it won't be my dress or my message The wow factor is Jesus rose from the dead. I mean, that's the wow factor. That's the reality that we celebrate. And it doesn't matter how you frame that, the songs, the music, the flowers, I love all that. The reality that's gripping for us is that the God of all creation came as man, walked as man, lived as man, died as man, and fully God rose again from the dead. And so we're here. You know, and we have access to that life, not just a better life, but life fully alive. Can you imagine like in your in your mind, I'll give you like three and a half seconds, you know, some time in your life where you feel like you just remember I was fully alive. You know, maybe it's when you were young or just imagine some experience. Got it. I, uh, I had one of those experiences last summer. Jane and I were uh, visiting a vineyard church in Northern Ireland, and we, so we were in the very uh, northern part of Ireland, north, northern Northern Ireland, and um, there's a place called the Giant's Causeway, and if you Google it, it's astounding, you know. Standing there is amazing. So we got to stand to walk down the uh, the tip of, the, of Northern Ireland at the North Sea, and it's as if a giant has put down blocks. It's like big round Legos. Uh, I mean, huge boulders, and they're just stacked up like cylinders. It's a bizarre, natural, supernatural thing. And I walked down to that, and I stood there, and, you know, it's Ireland, so it's kind of rainy and kind of sunny, and the wind is blowing, and the waves are coming up, and I can taste the salt. I mean, it was just like, I cried, I just I just cried. I cried because of the beauty, you know. I cried because, like, there was a, a sense of, a true sense of awe. I felt like, man, fully alive. You felt something like that? I felt the other parts, too, of life. You know, the parts of life where maybe you felt as if, actually, to this moment, death would be preferable. Seven years ago, this coming May, um, my parents were in town for Memorial Day, and we were just about ready to come to church. And we got a phone call from the halfway house in Pennsylvania where my sister was living. And they called and they were talking to my dad, and they said, We found your sister Laurie. She was unresponsive this morning. You know, and th- there's grief in knowing that a loved one has died. There's grief. But the The thing that took me over the edge that morning was looking into my mother's eyes and seeing the look on my mother's eyes when my dad said she's gone. And what I realized as I was thinking through that this morning is that, you know, those are highs and lows. And I explained the first as being fully alive. I was no less alive standing in the kitchen with my family weeping at the loss of my sister than I was standing in Northern Ireland you know, in, in fact, Jesus comes to give us life abundant, and that doesn't mean life happy clappy. That just, uh, just doesn't just mean life at the end of the world where all glory comes down. It also means the ability to embrace life as it comes to us. When Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full or abundantly, I don't think he's just saying I came that you might have life and never be sad. I mean, Jesus is the author of life and he knew sadness like no other man. God is the God of all emotion. So Easter is about the power of God to bring Jesus back from the dead and as the author and then the author of life and defeater of death to invite us to real life in Christ. That means life fully engaged. Like fully engaged with reality. The hard, the beautiful, knowing that when this life is over, as believers in Jesus, I read a quote from Martin Luther King this morning, Junior, I, I won't remember it exactly, but basically he was saying, Easter is the reality that at the end of, uh, of life's sentence, there is a comma, not a period. And he said it probably a lot better than that. But I thought, that's, that's it, you know, we get to go through this life fully alive, because Jesus conquered death, and into the next life, life eternal. That's the invitation of Easter. It's what God invites us to. And if you look at the cross, we, we had an early service this morning, 7 a.m. Anybody here? There was, Yeah, Jane, okay, good. The rest of you? Grace. Piles of grace. But, uh, but at the early service... Um, uh, during a part of the service, everyone got a chance to bring a flower and just put it on the cross. The remembrance that even though the cross is a symbol of death, the death of Jesus, followed by the resurrection of Jesus, means life for us. It means beauty in the midst of, dis- of, of destruction. That's what Jesus offers to us. That's what Easter morning is about. Do you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the phrase, Gloria Dei Vivens Homo. I had to practice that so many times to get that out. Irenaeus, fourth century, said the, the glory of God is man fully alive. The, the glory of God, I mean, the, the joy, the happiness of God is shown when he sees his people in full life. I mean, living it to the hilt. Not just grabbing all the gusto, but living in reality connected to God with the life of God in us. The invitation of Easter is the invitation to life. Jesus, the resurrected one, is the one who said, I'm the resurrection and the life. John 11:25 said, I came that you might have life and life abundantly or life to the full. So Jesus called this gift uh, abundant life. Paul called it the life in first Timothy that is really life. And John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, said in him was life and his life was the light of men. So somehow the life of Jesus is more than just a a, a passing era. It's an infusion of divine light into the world. And when he went to heaven, he didn't take the light with him. He said, you're the light. Like, that's amazing. I won't cry. I won't cry now. I'll cry later. We're talking about not just about a better life that Jesus offers. We're talking about a whole different kind of life. Jesus didn't come, walk, die, rise again so you could have a better life. Like your life 2.0. Jesus came that you would have a different kind of life, an eternal kind of life. I mean, he, he, he came so that we could experience our time on this earth fully alive. Not just life that doesn't end, as in we get heaven, but life that is touched by heaven here. That's the invitation to us as people being exposed to the gospel of Jesus. I mean, that's the good news. I don't think Jesus is interested in just becoming an additive to our life either. You know, like how many of you will confess to at some point in your life watching an infomercial? All right. You start off, and you think this is pretty cool. And, you you know, it's a I won't say a scam, but, you know, it's they're trying to sell. And, you know, about 10, 12 minutes in, you're like, I've got to get that number, you know, especially when they say, but there's more. (laughs) Jesus is did not come to earth as an infomercial for God. Like, just today, just now, call now, you get heaven, but there's more. No, it's not like that. I mean, Jesus does promise eternal life. And I believe that my faith in what Jesus did on the cross, exchanging my sin for his righteousness, that faith accesses the grace of God by which I'm saved, and I'll go to heaven. And we will live eternally. But I I want to be honest without being heretical, (laughs) I don't follow Jesus just because he's a ticket to heaven. I'm a follower of Jesus because I've experienced Jesus as the way and the truth and the life here on earth. In Northern Ireland, looking at the beauty and in my kitchen with my parents, feeling the devastation. Jesus in both places was and is the way, the truth and the life. And this kind of life This divine life from heaven is not something that you can buy or something that you can earn. This type of life from Jesus is not something that you can just get in on by, you know, doing your best on your way to heaven. No, for some reason, God decided that in order for people to have divine life, there had to be an exchange. It's a divine exchange program. Last night, um, we had some of our kids and their spouses were in for dinner, and so it was beautiful yesterday, right? Yesterday afternoon, everything's perfect. Four or five thousand dandelions in my yard, but other than that, I mean everything's beautiful. I started the fire, you know, and they're over, and we got platters of meat, thanks to someone who I won't mention because I make him feel bad when I do it. And we're just about ready to grill, and I go out, I pop open the grill, life is good, and I press the button, and it's like... like You know, no gas, no propane. So my uh, son and my son-in-law go off to to the store to exchange, right? Because this thing is dead. (laughs) and We needed something alive to grill the delicious meat. (laughs) The most humiliating part of that story is five minutes after they left, I press the button again and (laughs) it's like supernatural fire. (laughs) Oh, well. The truth of Easter, the invitation of Easter, and the promise of Easter is Jesus says, I I will exchange my life for yours. Jesus doesn't say, I'll just give you something extra. He says, I want your whole life. And Jesus can do it because he gave nothing less than that. Jesus gave his whole life there and he said, I'll give you my life. All I ask is yours in return. It's a divine exchange program. It's glorious what God has done on the cross for us. He promises us an eternal kind of life, a divine life, because he lived like one of us and he walked like one of us and he met death as each of us will meet and he beat death because the power of God was in him and as a result of that, he can give to us divine life. Don't, don't get stuck in the propane thing like, it's more than just grilled meat. It's divine life. The question of the morning is, do you want to be fully alive? And wherever you are with God, strong relationship, no relationship, you know, kind of ambiguous. Do you want to live fully alive? That's the offer of Easter is full life. John fourteen nineteen, Jesus says, because I live, you do also will live. Now the disciples don't realize that he's saying that before the cross. They're just probably thinking, I see your body there. I see you. And they're thinking, because I'm here, you can can live, good. Jesus is prophesying. He's prophesying. He knows what's coming down the track. He knows the cross and the grave and the skies are coming. They're on the way. And he says, because I live now and will live. After death, you too can live. And not just now, but forever. Not just a better life, a different kind of life. So if you're, if you're reading in the New Testament in the original language, Greek, which I actually can't do, I just want to confess that, you know, but I, I can read books about people who do that. There are three different words for life in Greek. And so you see the word life in the New Testament, and it comes from three different Greek words. One of those is bios. Bios is like the body, right? Um, it's this physical life. And from bios, we get our word. Biology. See, we're doing well together. <laughs> There's another word for life, and I don't know the best way the Greeks would say it. Probably Paul and Rebecca Stewart know it. But it's suke with a P, Suke with a P. And that's sort of the, the, the life of the soul, The mind, the will, and emotions. It's this God-given part of us that's stuck in this body while living on earth. And we get our word psychology from that. There's another word for life when Jesus talks about life and the life that Jesus lived and the life that Jesus gives to those who are willing to accept the free gift. And that's zoe life. Zoe Zoe, anytime you see it in the New Testament, it means a different kind of life. It's the uncreated, the eternal, the never-ending, the divine life of God. And when Jesus says, I came that they might have life and life abundantly, he wasn't saying, "I, I came that they might have a body. He created our body. That's good. Not just that they would have a soul Mind, will, and emotions, Jesus had them all too. And they're beautiful sometimes, right? No, Jesus said, I came that they might have Zoe. That they might have the eternal, divine, unstoppable, never-ending kind of life that God himself has. That's the invitation of Easter. By our natural birth, we possess the physical, the bios, and the, the suke, the, the soul but it's only by being born again in Jesus, born again of the Spirit, that we get the Zoe life. And that's what Jesus meant when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in uh, John chapter 3. And he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again to have eternal life. Nicodemus is just trying to figure out the biology of it, you know. He literally says to Jesus, can I enter my mother's womb again? And you think he's got to be thinking, this is weird. No, Jesus says if you want this kind of life, I mean life from God, God living in and through your life in in this life, He says you got to be born again. It's the twice born that are fully alive, and I'm not talking about zombies, right? In my humble opinion, I don't big on zombies, but zombies are mostly dead. There's a fascination with zombies, and maybe that's because we really want to see, as a people, we really want to see what comes after death. You know, there's a horror fascination with zombies, because we want to see the these these living dead. Jesus coming back, you know, and infusing those who would believe in him with divine, eternal, Zoe-type life. We're not talking about zombie life. We're talking about a different type of supernatural life. Infused by God. Infused by God's power. Completely empowered by God's love. That's the invitation of Jesus on Easter. And it's all because of this great exchange. 2 Corinthians five twenty-one, Paul is writing to the, the, um, the believers at Corinth. And he says this. God made him, he's talking about Jesus. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. That's the great exchange. That's the invitation, the declaration, and the promise of Easter. I just want to point out that it doesn't say that God made Jesus to bear our sin. Now, it's true, he did bear our sin, but that's not what this verse says. This verse says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin. You know, sometimes I think that we look at this whole cross resurrection thing as, well, you know, God had pity on me. And so he took some of my sin and, you know, it was heavier for him. It was hard. But, you know, he's God. He could do it. Well, it's not what the verse says. The verse says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin. That is full identification. Jesus didn't just wink, wink at our sin so we could go to heaven and have this type of life. Jesus said, the only way you can have life is if I give mine. And he fully identified with us by not just taking on our sin, but becoming it. I don't know what that looked like. More horrific than the passion, I guess. He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God Again, it doesn't say that so we might have a better life, though I believe that's part of walking with Jesus. He says, no, that we might become the righteousness of God. Not just act righteously, but be the righteousness of God. And I will confess to you, after many years of study and learning, I don't know what that means. That's a divine exchange past my ability to understand. It's a mystery. But it's promised us because of what Jesus did, because of what he did on the cross and because he defeated death by, you know, 2000 years ago, this day rising again from the dead in this eternal kind of life. He's able to say, I will take your broken life, your unmanageable life, the, the life that you thought you had of a hold on and now is running away from you, the life that is so hurtful, frustrating, anger producing that you want to run away from it. And he says, I don't want to numb you from life. I want to exchange my life for yours. Give me the broken and I'll give you the whole. Give me the imperfect, I'll give you the perfect. Give me the temporal, I'll give you the eternal. Give me the human life and I'll give you the divine life. I'm not talking about we become gods, okay? That's not, that's not where I'm headed. But the supernatural invitation of Easter is we get to... In Christ, walk with the life of God in us. And let's be honest, that's what the world wants. And that's what the world needs. The the world is not going to be changed by good preaching, you know, uh, better lives. The world's going to be changed by lives that are transformed. There are two parts of our salvation when we come to Christ. There is that part where God takes our sin and puts it on Jesus. And he owns it for us. And then we're forgiven. But there's a second part of our salvation or justification. And that's where God looks at us and he says, Pam, John, not only will I take your sin away. These guys have never sinned, by the way. (laughs) It's just an example. Not only will I take your sin away, but I will take the righteousness of Christ and impute it to you. I'll I'll put it in you. And so when God looks down upon us as believers, he doesn't see sin. He sees the righteousness of God. And then he says, now I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit so the righteousness of God can walk out into the world and say, this is the God we worship. This is the Christ that we follow. Easter proclaims an invitation to live fully alive by exchanging our broken life for his whole and perfect life. This Zoe life, this completely different kind of life out in the world. And when this life of God comes into us, it changes everything. It changes the way we view life. It changes the way we view death. The death of our loved ones or, let's be honest, our impending death. Because when we have the Zoe life of God, you know, this life becomes all of a sudden very, very short in comparison to heaven. But just because it's short doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want to fill it with God's life in us. That's what he has for us. That's what he longs for, for us. When this Zoe life comes in us, it changes the attitude that we choose on our way through this, how many can testify, difficult life, right? If I'm on my own, anxiety and despair make perfect sense. If it's just me, and no God, and no Savior, then my anxiety and my despair are perfectly logical. But if God's Inviting me to have his life inside me, his life inside you, then all of a sudden peace and hope become perfectly logical. Because our life offers what? Well, you're on your own. So performance or acceptance is based on performance. That's tiring. Success is based on your ability. I'm still tired. And love is limited by human will. How many of us have felt the pain of love limited by human will? But when we exchange our lives for the life of Jesus, the resurrection life, the Zoe life, the eternal kind of life, then what God infuses into us is this life where all of a sudden acceptance is based on grace. But what do I have to do? Believe. But what else? You're done. Somebody, somewhere along the way, this just popped into my mind. Somebody along the the way said, grace is accepting our acceptance in spite of the fact that we're unacceptable. There's nothing to do. And all of a sudden, success, whatever that is in the world, is not based upon my ability, but on the power of God. And all of a sudden, we can be Truly humble because we know that God wants to work through us and delights the glory of God is man or woman fully alive. And all of a sudden we have a life that is not limited by the will of man or woman, but we have unlimited love. Now there's got to be a song out there about this somewhere, you know. If there there isn't a song about what the world wants is unlimited love, I'm going to write it and I might even sing it. Well, that's a dangerous thing. The end with Deuteronomy 30. Seems funny, right? I was in the New Testament. I was at the resurrection. All of a sudden, we're, we're back to Deuteronomy. We're back to the Old Covenant. But I went there because God has been offering life to his people from the beginning of time. And always has been this offer, do you want life? Do you want full life? Do you want God's life? Do you want divine life? So here's Moses speaking for God to the people. And he says, I call heaven and earth to witness that I set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord, your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life. I just I believe that when Jesus rose from the dead, I mean, I don't know what all was going through his mind. In his resurrected body with his now perfect mind, will and emotions. But I think that each of us were somewhere present in his mind and his heart. And he imagined each one of us coming to the day when we would say, I no longer choose death. I choose life. I choose the life of God in me. I choose to be filled with the fullness of God. Whatever that might mean. So I can walk out into the world and display God through this broken, fragile being, because God is perfectly whole. I want, to, I want to pray for us, and I just want to extend two invitations this morning. The one invitation is for anyone here this morning who, as many times as you might have gone to an Easter service or heard the message of Easter, have never really experienced the divine life of God coming into your own life. You've never come to the point... Maybe the desperation, maybe the courage to say, Jesus, this broken life isn't working. I I, I don't know how to do it. And I choose to believe today that your death on the cross 2000 years ago was the payment for my sin. And I want to give you this broken life and the sin that goes with it. And I want to receive from you full, abundant, eternal, divine life and forgiveness. if that's you this morning, this is an invitation. Easter is an invitation, not just for a better life, not just for, for, for life with, you know, an extra time tacked on, but, but the eternal kind of life that God lived through Christ on the earth. The second invitation is this. If, if you, as a follower of Jesus, feel like somewhere along the way, you have stopped looking at the source of life and gone back to trying to make life work. And you get to exchange again today. So let's pray. Why don't you stand? Lynn, if you can come forward and play. And anyone on the ministry team, if you guys could come forward. Um, many of you may want someone to pray for you today. First, I just want to pray for any of you here this morning who've, who've never come to Jesus have never given him your life and asked for his righteousness, confessed your sins, and received the forgiveness of God because of the death of Christ. I'm going to pray now a prayer that can be your prayer of faith to ask God to do what only God can do. Forgive your sin, save your life, and give you a whole new kind of eternal life. Let's pray. God, this morning I come to you. God, thank you that you formed me and you know me. God, thank you that you love me beyond my ability to understand. Jesus, Son of God, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for becoming sin so that I could become righteousness. Jesus, I invite you into my life today. I exchange my broken for your whole. I exchange my temporal for your eternal. Fill me now, God, with divine, with Zoe life, that I might fully live now and live forever Because you live. And God, fill me with the Holy Spirit today with new love and new power. In Jesus' name.